It'll be under under the cush here. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, oh yeah, that our GPA grant will keep you going all year. Ah, me box. Well, there's nothing in it. Be <laughs> straight. <laughs> Tell you what they've achieved, they've achieved something absolutely rotten. And uh, Kieran McGinley as a player was, you know, a, a phenomenal player and he didn't cry and he didn't whinge, you know. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. But I'll tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. Remember that tribe in, in, in Iraq, the Shiite tribe? Well, we've watched Shiite football. People think I'm a bit of a, a lunatic, loose cannon, whatever you'd like there. Uh, see ya. Shame us! Come on! Move! Move! Hello and welcome back to the GA Scores podcast. My name's Connor Donnelly and I'm joined by Pierce Corcoran. Pierce, how are you doing? Yeah, what's the crack? Ryan McCluskey from Anna Stalwart is also here with us. Less of the stalwart now, but uh, <laughs> aging, aging well like a fine wine might be better now. Good to see you. Good to chat to you again, lads. And we also have, uh, I suppose, an Irish news uh, stalwart as well, Cahar. Cahar O'Kane, fair enough to say. The, the hairline of a stalwart, anyway. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so anyway, we thought we'd gather up here today because uh, Cahar, over the weekend there, Tipperary, Galway, now... Sounds a bit more of a hurling fixture, to be honest, when they're taking place in Croke Park. But uh, yeah, tip as a dairy man, anyway, you know the full effect of what Tip's been able to do this year. Three thirteen to one ten victors over Galway today. Uh, what happened? <laughs> it was it was some victory for them. Um, to, to be honest, as well, I didn't see it coming. I was at the 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 game with Derry um, down in down in Breffney Park, and 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 I came away thinking that. It, it was a brilliant game. There's two, you know, two teams that really went for it. It was so open and end to end, and I just thought there's no way that 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 will work in Croke Park. And I thought, looking at Galway's forward line against Ross Common, I thought Galway would have enough to to get through them. But just just Tap seem a bit relentless at the minute. They they just have they have a style of play that that suits the players that they have. They're running at teams and terrorizing teams and. And you know they you don't get the All Ireland semi final unless on merit. There was some result for them. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Like, yeah, of course, Fermanagh had experience coming up against Galway in the league, and I think it was used Drew with them in that stage. But Galway seemed to really have turned it around this season, especially going into Connacht and beating Mayo, winning their first Connacht title since I think two thousand and eight. But then when they came up against Tipperary, they were just completely blown away, despite having quite a good start. Yeah, it, it it was um it certainly was it was an interesting game. Um for for Galway I, I think it was a massive step in, in terms of you know, that provincial title was something that they were, they were really you know, I and um had their eyes on sorry this season and, and obviously um they had chances as well in, in the league to get promoted. I, I know there's a push in, in their league campaign um, to try and get promoted as well. Um and and I suppose they were like ourselves in terms of you know there's a number of sides that that could have made a kind of last kind of push near the end of of the league to get promoted but but I, you know you know I think uh, winning that 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 championship that provincial championship was was massive for them and and in, in a sense you know 
Tipperary, obviously, yes, had, had played that free flow and expansive football that Cahar was talking about. But it, it seemed to be, you know, Galway from from watching, you know, I suppose from their semi final game onwards as well, the the kind of structure that they had built leading up to the final in terms of the, they were very defensive, very solid in defence and very counter attacking. You know, you know that just, you know, whether it was Tipperary being, you know, so so good on on the day or or maybe it was a case. of Maybe Galway un- underestimating on, on the day is certainly, you know, um, well, it proved detrimental to, to Galway in terms of, you know, the, the, the game and how it, it kind of prevailed. So um, they'll obviously be disappointed, but I think, you know, they'll be delighted that they, they have won the provincial crown and can build from there. Pierce, like, Tipperary receiving a lot of praise for the, you know, the great movement they're showing, the great attack and play. Then they have Brian Fox there as a sweeper as well, dropping in. But did, was everything just clicking for them? You know, they clearly have a plan. They clearly have a plan B. You know, they can drop into. It. At the weekend there, was it just a relentless? Like I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it really did look like Tip were playing the occasion much more than say Galway were. I don't think they were playing the occasion. Um, insofar as that they. Um, that they kind of saw the, the bright lights across Park and said, like, this is it for us. I think you're right, though, in that they, they had a plan and that they it does seem to click for them. But I don't think this plan was dreamt up maybe six months ago. I think this plan was dreamt up maybe three or four years ago. And then by when you when you take into account the under-21s and the minor teams that they've uh, built hugely successful teams on the back of, I think it's only natural that this result is probably coming down the road. That's not to say that I think... Galway, like many people before the game, I personally thought as well that I thought Galway on the back of winning the Connacht Championship might kick on and use that a little bit more, a bit more nous to try and uh, get their get themselves through the game. But I think the one thing that surprised me and probably I admired so much about the parade last weekend was their relentless aggression to even to achieve something so spectacular compared to any other team that weekend, even the likes of Donegal, which were. Like renowned for under Jim McGuinness just being aggressive and being intense and all that and in and the likes of Tyrone and that as well. Tipperary we're are at a point now where the the All Ireland semi final will be against Tyrone or Mayo where they've nothing to lose. And I think in a, in one way I think that was the the game against Galway without any disrespect to them, that was probably in their heads. That was their golden egg, what they saw at the start of the year. You know, when you're setting out your goals you're thinking, right, an All-Ireland quarterfinal is what we want to achieve. But it's interesting the position they are in now because they have a couple of weeks off to rest, recuperate, and there could be a team that could be in the long grass for, uh, against the Mayo or Tyrone because of that relentless aggression. I don't think Mayo or Tyrone could be... They, I don't think they'll have played an underdog kind of team all year where the relentless aggression's at the point where it's almost overpowering. Like and it's funny I was like the likes of Joe Brady and that on the weekend were talking about it as well and they were talking through how Tipperary seem like some veterans at it and they do look like veterans in terms of coming to the point getting to Crow Park used to the surroundings used to the market and that as well but they also in terms of tactical now some tactical abilities and knowledge as a group I was so impressed with their abilities to 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 adapt to that so quickly and uh, and just. Uh, just obliterate Galway completely in the second half. Yeah, it was something that they touched on the TV as well about how uh, Galway pushed up, or sorry, uh, Tipperary pushed up in Galway's midfield and challenged them up there. Now, 
Galway's midfield was somewhere that people talked about after the Connor finals being their strong point. But you know, Tipperary really were just relentless in their pursuit for the ball and everything. The hard hits coming in, there was men surrounded. It was it was almost like watching Tyrone or Armagh even back in the day. Dare I say it in that stage? It's funny you say that. Like I again, just come back to the Derry game and I suppose watching it live, and I actually thought that the Tipperary's midfield was something that could be got at as well. Um, it was clear. It was clear from from watching them all year that that Atchison was a was a cracker of a player. Um, and 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 I thought even in the in the monster final where they didn't really perform, I still thought he came out with a lot of credit from from that. And he was he, he carried the fight to Derry at at times when Tupper were struggling in in that game. Um, and I suppose. You know, but but I still didn't see them in the traditional sense actually getting a better Galway in there, and and you're talking about their their, their tactical nous and I suppose drop dropping Fox back and actually playing him as a sweeper was was something that they really had to do. It was something they didn't do up in up in Breffney Park that night. Robbie Cayley was was their free man that evening and. And him and Danny Heaven were the two best players on the pitch, but yeah. but neither of them actually played as a sweeper. They both went back behind their midfield, and as soon as their team won possession, away they went, and and they were the two best attack and players on the pitch. But but neither side played with any cover, um, and I, that was sort of I I think you have to give Liam Cairns credit for for recognizing that that downfall that was. I mean, I think they won the Grove Park and and in, in an All Ireland quarter final, and they played without. Some form of cover um, would have been suicidal in a, in a sense. So you have to give him credit um, for for the way the way they went about it. Yeah, Ryan uh, Quinlevin and uh, Connor Sweeney both. They, I think they scored three six between between them. Now, if you were coming up against them in the back line, uh, if you were a, if you were a Toronto or a Mayo man, what would you be doing to try and stop them too? Well, again, I'll suppose go back to to Cahar's point as well, and and Pierce's. You, you know the fact that you know you know Tipperary played such a a kind of high press game. Probably I suppose fed into the two lads on the inside. You know, fed into their game as well in terms of you know that maybe dogging dogging kind of work was done by the likes of Atchison and in midfield. Um, uh, you know, Colin O'Shaughnessy. There are great kind of leaders, young and old, throughout the pitch as well. And you know, from having that high press, and um, you know that probably well, it did not probably so it led to a number of their scores. There was a number of turnovers that that came from you know breaks from the middle and and again you know kickouts. You know some failed at, attempts at at kickouts even in the space. And you know playing the sweeper system is it's it is a complicated game. It's it's a tough game to play in terms of you know. Playing against the better sides that that run the ball, and, and I noticed this as well. You know, working against Galway at the weekend, and and Tipperary were very clever. You know, if you have strong runners and you can utilise those runners, it's very hard for a sweeper to make any impact in the game because you know it's it's really kind of overlaps that are that are happening out kind of around that middle area that that then kind of encroach into the scoring zone, so to speak, and and that's how you you know I suppose that kind of side of the game can be overturned now. When there's about ten sweepers in there, it's a, it's a different story trying to to break those down. But and um, you know, in the, in the case of you know, as you said, Fox at the weekend and and Kearns in the backroom team are, are obviously key to this as well. You, you know, they're, they're kind of transition whenever the ball went dead, um, or they kicked a wide or kicked a score. You, you know, 
Fox obviously doesn't run then 30, 40, 50 metres up the pitch. So there, there's a lot of things that have been worked on the training ground where players are rotating and, you know, whoever is, you know, meant to be filling in for, say, Fox in there. You know, basically it's a case of the whole team rejigging and, and that happens, you know, from a lot of work on, on the training ground. And it doesn't even happen, you know, in a year, two years. This is work that has went on, as, as Pierce said, from under 21s and, and their successes their d- defeat last year um, and their, their minor successes as well and I think I read somewhere as well you know th- this was the first time possibly that, that Galway had been you know in a, in a major kind of game um, in Croke Park in something like 15 years so you know a lot of these players from, from Tipperary's point of view have been playing in, in Croke Park over the last number of years and so to speak have, have acclimatised to the Yeah that's something that um, I think Colin O'Reardon who's obviously yeah. in there AFL now yeah he touched on he says that a number of them tip players have never lost in Croke Park you know and yeah, you compare that yeah. to Galway there's a, I don't know how many of the Galway players but you know they haven't won there since they won the All-Ireland in 2001 yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but that, that's, that's a big thing and, and look at it it's yeah, I read I read the article actually in the Independent and and Raiden, or Raiden had said about you know you know him waking up and watching the game early and and, and being in, in tears that morning and you, you know it's 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 obviously look at he's moved on to you could say you know you better his his own career and, and his own kind of future you know but you know I, I kind of feel for the other lads I think there was another three lads it was a Casey Fahey and and Long Lonergan I think it was the other yes, three Lonergan, who, yeah yeah who, who 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 went to the states as well and and you know it, it it's it's again it's 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 a, a bigger issue than than you know you know just each you could say of you know these smaller counties we're not going to go back into the Dublin thing but you know you know you know the, these lads have had success as well at under 21s and um, minors. I know some of the lads there are involved with, with Clon Mel and have won Sigerson. So these lads are, are decorated, you know, at a young age as well. And it is unfortunate that, you know, these lads have, have been tempted by going over this to, to America. And, and I have been there as well. And, and look at, you know, I suppose you have you have bills to pay, and we all have bills to pay, and mortgages, and and you know these lads have been tempted to go away, and, and it's it's very hard to turn down, you know, when somebody's knocking your your door or ringing your your doorbell and, and offering you you know you know a considerable amount of money, and, and especially you know those lads at, at a young age, very hard for them to turn turn down. However, you know you know they're away at the minute, and, and they're probably just looking back and on what and you know the ifs and buts and. You know, it would be nice to see a, a temporary side together with those lads um, O'Reardon as well and to see how, you know, they, they could flourish in the next number of years as well. Yeah, Cahar, is it, is, it, is it harsh on them? Like, I, there seems to be a bit of, you know, hindsight going on and the people aren't, well, Colin O'Reardon, they're saying it's a different story. He's away off to and pursue a professional career now. But then there's almost a wee bit of a dig at people saying they shouldn't be going off to America. But surely these boys have every right to, you know. It's just unfortunate this came at this time. Like, I don't think anybody at the start of the year would have said about Tipperary making an all Ireland semi-final. Uh, no, nobody, nobody would have had Tipperary <laughs> yeah. in an all Ireland semi-final at the start of the year, for sure. Um, uh, the lads going to America, I suppose, is widespread thing. Um it's been highlighted now with those three top lads because they're away and because they're in an All Ireland semi final. But it sort of happens around the around the country, maybe outside of the top three or four teams. You'll generally find that if you go through every county squad, you'll find maybe a lad or two that goes to America in the summer, and that is that's just the way of it. It's not not something I particularly agree with. Um, 
uh, I think that the, the money that they're sort of throwing about out there and, and luring lads in and I suppose uh, I, I can see Ryan's point though absolutely it's it's very tempting for for any lad and probably I'm just about ragged that I was crap at football and never <laughs> asked me to go. <laughs> but um, you know it's just it, it, it can tear it can tear apart um, what sort of continuity you're trying to build in Owen Derry over the last four or five years in particular it's been a it's been a thing it's been a factor that that there are lads sort of going to America every summer now there's there's a couple away this summer there was a couple of went last summer and and for a county manager who's maybe trying to build a team and, and trying to give those young lads championship football and and, and not give it to them for this summer or next summer, but for a couple of years down the line when they have a bit of experience then and you're able to, to up to them. Um, and and that's just not able to happen. Um, and, you know, if those, if those lads come in back into the tip setup next year, they're, they're a year behind in terms of their progression. Um, I'm sure they're not getting the same standard of football out in America as they would be playing in all Ireland semi-final. So... I suppose, but but from the lads' point of view themselves, the three lads, it's very very hard to blame any Aye. any young fellow who's getting money waved in his face for for going to America to kick ball in the sun for for six weeks. Why wouldn't uh, that, you? I think I think there's arguments. Look at there's arguments. Yes, for for and against, and, and you know, I, I don't know how affluent the, the the job situation is around Tipperary, but I, but I can tell you here from Anna, you know, there's. There's not a whole pile of, of work going for these lads, and and you know we've had to deal with a lot of lads, you know, commuting back and forth, and and lads travelling, and you know even tonight we're we're sitting on on Skype, and we have we have Pearson in, in London, and and we have we have kind of lads all all around the place, and and you know the argument would be that you know they're going over there to yes to get a, get a few pounds and, and make I suppose a better living for themselves, and th- these are issues that that I believe are, are look at you know the problems linked to the, the fixture crisis and, and the, the MGA kind of issues that, that need to be ironed out and, and need, you know, you know, the likes of the GPA and stuff to, to kind of push as well. But I suppose that's for another, that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get us going there. It's, it's interesting you, you pick up on that because, um, yeah, no, since I moved to London, it, it, you get a, you got the, my original like county is Dublin and I suppose Dublin in itself is in a bit of a bubble and, don't worry, Ryan. We won't go down that road. <laughs> it's interesting from a point of view. My club over here is a club called Air Rogue. It's a junior club with uh, with uh, a number of lads that are from all around Ireland. It's interesting, like the, we talked about there with lads having to go for to to uh, to better their careers or or whatever. But I think football itself. I I don't know if lads are any worse off when they go across because the standard of football I think is starting to increase across uh, abroad as well yeah. I think it's perhaps it's maybe an, it's an organisation mm-hmm. but I, I, know, I know myself when I go see the lads play, train or whatever the, the standard, the standard is, is pretty good, it's pretty high compared to things, some things you get back home but, like, but I think as well is that and it's bring it back to the point what I was trying to make about the, uh, the lads that are going to America that okay in terms of tactical wise, in terms of group wise, it might take them a while to fit back in. But I think they will come back. Um, they will come back with a bit between their teeth because they will have watched Tipperary get to Crow Park and they'll want some of that. 
And I think they'll come back a bit fresh and then inject something else into the squad. They mightn't be starters, but in training games and around around the camp and around the squad, that could they could be just as useful, just purely with their enthusiasm. And I think Tipperary could be in a great place with these with these lads coming back. Yeah, like I think it's I I like I I have no problem with like people going out and doing that there and that like how we were saying there there's definitely is a, there's a degree of hindsight you know like nobody's met, like the, it usually you know people seem to drop off after provincial champions championships and things like that there but in this case it's just because it's such a it's such an underdog story you know they've come through the qualifiers they beat Derry who you know in the past they would never have been expected to to beat whereas this year you know coming up to the game. No, I don't know, Cahar, could you, like, do you know, like, were Derry, Derry and the favourites were the bookies leading into that game? Oh, they, they were, they were one to two on, yeah. Aye, like, so, like, in this case, it's like, those lads, and I think a lot of this does link to the actual structure of the championship and things like that, it's not exactly lined up for them to know exactly what's going to happen, what are we playing for, even Tipperary beating court, now, I know Tip would have backed themselves to do that for a number of years, but in this semi-final that's coming up against either Mayo or Tyrone, Whoever it may be, in this case, like Tipple Tip really fancy themselves in that. You know, they have the marquee forwards this time. You know, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not just relying on a Declan Brown. You know, in this case, you know, they've got these lads, the Quinlevin and and Atchison burst, bursting through from midfield and Sweeney. Like you, you're just looking at. Um, it, it's, I suppose it depends who they're playing. Um, yeah. To me, Connor, um, if I, I think they'll be sitting this weekend, maybe praying that Mayo come through. Um, you, you think so, really? Because, and and not and, and not and not for any reason. Not that they were underestimating Mayo, and not that Mayo were any bad day. But I just think, I think the style of football that Tyrone play is is almost sort of where Tipperary want to go two years down the line. It's a very, I mean, ultimately, you know, it's it's maybe and again, we didn't think that we'd get this far, but I don't see Tipperary winning in All Ireland. Playing as quite as openly at the back as they do, I think when they when they get in among and, and no disrespect to Galway, but they're not in that bracket of three or four of Dublin, Rome, Mayo, Kerry. Um, they're they're not at that level, and, and nor are Derry. And I suppose when when Kerry played them in the Monster Final, Tipperary tried to shut up shop a wee bit more, um, and almost actually paid paid Kerry too much respect, but it was spent on natural for them that, really. Yeah, it was. That's exactly what it was. It was unnatural for them, and and they weren't used to playing in that way. And you could see it in them. They they just had absolutely no bridge in their half forward line. They they they, they just were overwhelmed. They couldn't get out. And and I suppose ultimately they are going to have to sort of probably protect themselves a wee bit more. And and their transition and their and their counter attacking play is very good, but they're probably going to have to take it to another level again. Before they they would be able to beat a Tyrone, I think, and and as I say, I think Tyrone's style of play is quite similar, a, a running game, and I just think that Tyrone are a year or two further in the line and would probably probably gobble them up a wee bit, um, and and exploit that space on on the counter attack that's that's still there if if Tyrone get two and three runners in a line coming at at one sweeper. Um, I just, uh, I just think that that Tyrone would have too much for them. Well, Ryan, for man of uh, experience against both Mayo and 
and Tyrone this year, like Tyrone in the league and Mayo in the rather controversial <laughs> uh, championship match as well. Um, for tip, looking forward now. Now, I think if you ask any of Liam Kearns or whoever, they're not going to say who they prefer to, to to face in the semi final. But having having had experience against both sides this year, what what which side would be certain tip uh, better in in the semi final? Yeah, well, well, you know there there had been had been chat of, of Mayo coming in under the radar. Um, however, they have been in the quarterfinals for the, the last six seasons, so you know you know they have an outstanding record. You know of, of being in the latter stages of the of the tournament. Um, so, so you know they they have got their act together after I suppose a dis- disappointing provincial um, series and 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 sorry from their own kind of province and, and getting getting beat by um Galway. It's gonna it's gonna be it's it's strange now because because um you have a, a the throne side, you know, we've talked about transition over the last number of seasons. Um I, I'm I'm just not kind of fully convinced. Maybe maybe you know Cahar can come in on this as well. Um they certainly um you, you know, had a, had a great day in the Ulster final and, and um, pulled off a, a great victory. Um, however, I, I, you know, from watching the game and, and, and I watched it a couple of times, thought that, you know, Donegal probably should have come out of that game as winners um, and, and that would have been a big thing um, for Donegal that day. So we, we played them in the league, um, albeit it was really a nothing game for, for Tyrone. They had... Um, been um, promoted to the final at that stage and, and had been promoted to one. Uh, I think they had been doing quite a bit of work leading up to that game as well. Mickey fielded a strong side. We, we needed to, to get something out of that game, and it was the last day of, of the season as well. But you know, you know, we were fortunate to get a, get a point and stay up. Um, we probably should have beaten them that day. I wasn't overly convinced with them that day, but you know, as as I said, you know, the, the other factors that I that I mentioned that you know, you know, that would have been detrimental to how that that game kind of panned out that day. Um, so so they they yes are, are have been strong, but but I, I still feel you know. I, I'm not sure if Toronto are just there yet. I'm not sure if, if we can put them in with the, the likes of Dublin and and Mayo and and obviously the, the next day. Obviously, we we will soon find out. You know, are they up there with the likes of of Mayo? But um, I'm gonna go against um, maybe maybe a lot of opinion here and and maybe vouch for for Mayo to have learned from defensively some of their mistakes against us where they were very open down the middle and for them to, to get a result in, in Croke Park and, and uh, to possibly push on Kerry like and, and, and maybe even be there or thereabouts, you know, winning winning the All Ireland. Yeah, Pierce uh, Mayo ticking along nicely there, so you know, do you think that they would they had their setback earlier on the season, they've had a chance to recover coming into the you know, if they were to face tip um you know they lost a goal. <laughs> they lost a goalie in in Connacht, which is funny considering how easily then Tip took care of took care of Galway. But they all seem to be going along nicely, just sort of quietly going along uh, about their business in the qualifiers. Yeah, and um, I know we talked about this on Twitter during the week. The more and more I see Mayo, and the more I've seen them all year long, they just remind me more and more of Kerry from two thousand and nine, and those hallmarks around like you know the going going to different like. The so-called weaker counties down to them, and you know, just scraping by or winning by a point or two or whatever, and putting in performances that are kind of okayish, and people start questioning them. 
I think they're starting to tick along nicely, though, because they're also in a situation where they're building towards a performance. And I think that performance could be next weekend. It's, and and actually, I, I agree with Ryan to an extent about Tyrone. I do think they are a good team. And I think they're probably up there with the Carries and Mayos and Dublins at this moment in time. But like, I don't know if they're All-Ireland winners just yet. And I think the problem with them for next weekend is when they're performing at full pelt, like they did against Calvin in the replay, they just blew them away. And I think an awful lot of teams probably will struggle to uh, deal with them. But also I think Tyrone seemed to set themselves up to play Dublin. And I think that could catch them out in many ways. That if they if they go into this next weekend against Mayo and they're kind of they have their eye off the ball, similar enough to the first day when uh, when Tyrone played Calvin, there is ways and means of, of catching this Tyrone team out. And I think the trick is for next weekend for Mayo and if Tyrone were to get past that and go and play Tipperary, is if you're coming up with something unique. I don't think it's a case of looking at other teams and going, well, so-and-so targeted X on the Toronto team, so therefore he must be a weak link. You need to create your own weak link, and you need to look at it and go, right, where can we exploit them? Because I think that's probably their biggest weakness. When you look, like, again, when you look at Calvin from their first day, and they targeted the Toronto full back line, and only for a, a, go, a, a point here, a goal there, or whatever, a better shooting from the goal, they would have beaten them. And that would have been a huge shock in terms of the Ulster Championship. And this Tyrone team then went on to an Ulster final and the, they had, they relied hugely on Peter Hart and Sean Kavanagh with two unbelievable scores. But let's not forget in the yeah. second half, Donegal were seriously poor in using the ball. And they could have they could have killed Tyrone if they really went for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably where you know the question mark lies. And I think Mayo, Mayo have Mayo have bundles of talent in there. I think probably more talent than people give them credit for. But they, it's the mentality thing for them. It's you know they could go in this weekend, and I don't mean to sound like Jamie Redknapp when I say this. They could go in this weekend, and it's going to go either one or two ways. They'll <laughs> <laughs> so scrape, so scrape a one point win. Or, no, sorry, no, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, they'll scrape a one-point win or they'll get absolutely hammered. <laughs> I, ho- I hope you weren't ins- insinuating as well that them weaker sides you included from Alan that, that little <laughs> speech, speech yours as well. We'll be falling. <laughs> I'll be going over to London very soon. Find them where you live, Pierce. But Pierce has been attracted by the big money, apparently. You know, like <laughs> I was going to say, just, just when he's canvassing also for you know the Aero Club, we'll plug that again. Uh, yeah. Just Kahara, I seen you. You had a bit of a win during the, the week there with with Drum, or was it was it possibly last weekend? You, you say uh, uh, just on just on Sunday there. Now we won we won the league for the first time in fifteen years there. Now so that was a, a bit of a big day for us. We've been we've been. Um, Unlucky trying to get out of junior football for a couple of years, lost playoffs and lost championship finals and bits and pieces. So good, good, good to get a bit of silverware. And, oh, and did you just get to enjoy a few few cans after that? There, the same way the tip boys. Oh, like there was more. There was there was cans and there was champagne <laughs> and there wasn't one ounce of a drunk. It was fired right man every road. <laughs> All I've seen is wall-to-wall coverage of the fact that Tip Boys were allowed to drink after the game. 
Proper order. Proper it. order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's almost like an extra bow to the analysis after the game is talking about how the boys were allowed to drink. Uh, um, I know. It's it's society gone wrong, isn't it? That, that we're now kind of gone gone down that 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 route of just you know critically analysing everything. So, so so now you know you know players have to to be completely you know living the life of a monk for for a season. It's it's oh I, it's I don't just know, I don't know of any. Well. You probably probably did watch the 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 uh, AIB the the toughest program and and yeah. Brenton Maher like or I just remember the reaction of. Of of the lads that uh, where was he in was he in America? No, he was baseball? Australia. He was um, he was in Australia. He was, and, he was doing cricket. Cricket and and the lads sort of looking at him funny when he when he was saying that they just basically didn't drink during during the season, barring maybe the night of a win if they didn't have another match for a month. <laughs> yeah. And and the and the actually you know professional athletes looked at him funny. I think I think or. Sort of attitude towards enjoying the thing. Uh, one of the best quotes I ever heard was was Damien Cassidy. The time he took Clano to the to their first Tyrone Championship, and they were back out uh, in Ulster seven days later. And he was sort of asked after the game if if he would if if the players would would be allowed to celebrate. And and he sort of he, he said, "What would what would be the point of of the last ten months to go home the night and throw your bag in the corner and sit in the house?" You know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's just uh, and in fairness, like I think you tell about society gone wrong. I think a society where we sort of don't allow people to enjoy themselves is definitely yeah. not. It's mm. not great. Like yeah, because even if you look at the 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 Irish team after after beating Italy, you know, like the right. you know the boys, you know, having I think Jeff Hendrick was eating a slice of pizza and all. Um, you know, it maybe didn't work out too well against France, but that was it. That was a <laughs> that was a quick enough turnaround they had there. But yeah, it was That's just funny. Crazy. Those lads are obviously. And then like, I I saw analysis then a couple of days after the France. I can't remember where I read it, but people were then sort of dredging this up saying. Oh well, so what do you what do you expect when you stay until half four in the morning after the after beating Italy? And you know, it seems that there's no happy medium. It's it's um, when when Fabio Capello was over England, it was he didn't let the players enjoy themselves, and then and now Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane let the players enjoy themselves too much. And there's just a, there's an element that definitely over analysing everything and and sort of pick and fault and and what you do and what you don't do because I don't think there's any foolproof plan for for being successful in that way like it just I, d- I don't think those things ultimately have that big an impact yeah I'm, I'm just stroking I'm just stroking with a team building session with with my own club at the weekend so that carried in the way home and the boss has now been that <laughs> <laughs> just catched off and, and fruit fruit only um, so, so um, no no you're, you're you're absolutely right and and uh, it's it's um even even from from playing a, a bit of a bit of soccer as well and being involved you know with even the likes of of Dungan and, and uh, some of the clubs in 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 the the kind of Irish league, it, it, it was madness because because you know from the, from a social element, you know there was that kind of get together and you know even even now the season has finished and you know it's it's like you go back to your clubs, you you knock tripe out of each other over the next number of weeks and and that whole kind of maybe togetherness and you spend so many months with lads, you know it's it's nearly like it's it's all been kind of pissed up the wall because you ha- you kind of haven't you know met or. 
had maybe maybe a night or something, you know, you know, together after to arrange something um with the soccer, it would have been a case of one of the lads would have took it upon themselves to, to collect maybe a couple of pounds each week. And then at the end of the year we, we would have maybe had a collective maybe team weekend or we would have done something and um, even you know we would have put that money towards like a, a flight somewhere and you would have went away for a couple of nights so you know even even that side of things you know you know was much much better and and it's it's not that we're promoting obviously you know you know drinking but it is a social, yeah. social element and being together and and you know it, it doesn't mean just going out and being stuck in a pub it, it means just going and and, and doing something and, and having that bit of crack aside from the, the cut and thrust of of you, you know every day of of, of ga and and everything you, know? you, you find you, you definitely you're 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 100 right like you find that your your squad will bond we went last year for for a team bond and they we did an, an army assault course and and then went out sort of in the evening afterwards and because there's de- not clicks within a team but there's different age bands yeah. within a, a, any club and you sort of find that you get to know the younger players a bit better you get to know the 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 older players a bit better when you when you spend a day with that and sort of what makes them tick and I, those things are those those days are invaluable to to clubs and and probably county teams as well when they go for their when they go for their weekend in Spain or whatever whatever they're doing you know it's as much about sort of spending the time together as it is the, 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 county, the county, teams, county teams do get them trips away to Spain and stuff I Pierce you might be able to tell us about Dublin going away and stuff I, <laughs> I think we were up in Dublin maybe once or twice but now, uh, well, not, not only not only do the team get Spain holidays <laughs> yeah here but, we go but the fans the fans uh, <laughs> uh, we, we we enjoy our All-Irelands in the winter time <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they no bother getting getting travel insurance or anything with AIG and all like it's also it's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all actually just talking about um I say a bit of over analysing uh Ryan maybe you'd be a good one for this yeah you see with the likes uh you maybe actually quite enjoy this but like Joe Brawley and Colin O'Rourke they're talking there at the weekend and about them laughing and the tip boys not finding it very funny and find that wee bit of extra motivation does stuff like that really matter to an inter county team. Um, you, you can, it obviously you know, depends on the individuals, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, you can look at you can you can obviously use it for your own preparation leading up to a game. Um, I certainly wouldn't be too amused if if maybe Car was was stuck in, in, <laughs> in you know writing, writing in the in the Irish news. Um, you know, some some maybe I don't know. I not that I would ever do it. Not that he would do but that. I don't know, but but something. <laughs> I might something. Oh God. <laughs> but, but yeah, look at you can you can use um, definitely stuff like that to to, to motivate you. It just I just think that you you know we're we're talking probably about a certain channel here, and it's 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 got to a stage now where from a player's kind of perspective, you know, which channel would you you tune into? You know, you you're definitely gonna tune into I don't know if we're allowed to mention, you know, you're probably gonna look at Sky um ahead of of looking at your, your RTs. There you go, you know, you said it because you know, you actually have pundits um, on a panel that, that are going to analyse the game. You you know, they're not on you know and, and what's kinda of disappointing more with with Joe, you know, you know I I 
I have seen him in, in a different light on, on numerous occasions in terms of some of the work, yes, that, that he has done um, to, to help other people. Um, he was down for the Sevens for Sam a number of years ago down in Brewster Park. Um, you, know, you know, that day he, he was fantastic with everybody and anybody who, who came near him. And, and, you know, he would have took off his... his his bloody socks and give them away on, on that day on, on that occasion and I think he was the last player to, to possibly leave the pitches you know talking to people chatting people and and you know that's the side you know you see of him however look at he, he's a he's a very, very clever including man so he, he knows you know what sells and and obviously people are, are still watching you know you know his his kind of sessions and his rants and, and um, it's obviously making good TV but I, I just uh, you, you kind of at times now I've, I've found myself when I'm watching RT just actually hitting, hitting it in mute and looking <laughs> for a channel on, on, on the radio where well you don't even need that you know you can you can kind of watch the game and, and get a general gist of it yourself but it's nearly got to a stage now where Yes, you're you're an amateur athlete. Do do you want to be do stuck on on TV, kind of being slagged or embarrassed or harassed, um, over you know you going out to, to do your best each week? Absolutely not. And I suppose that applies to to papers and, and stuff as well. You know, criticise somebody on on maybe their performance and and talk about the game. That's a completely different story. But when you're you're bringing in absolutely ridiculous kind of. Um, stuff and being intrusive to, to people's kind of personal lives you know I think I think it, it just goes completely off the radar then and, and it's unacceptable One thing that I think that uh, the Sunday game has a problem with in terms of their analysis and their analysts and compared to the Sky Sports like, and is, uh, is it's a pretty loaded term but I think it's credibility that when you look at Sky Sports and you look at who they have on from week to week it's the likes of James Horan or Jim McGuinness and yeah. even if you say those two names, every, nearly everyone in Ireland would want them to coach, manage or coach their football team. <coughs> I'm not one of them, but I know you will move on. It's done with this. compare that to yeah. compare that to Sport and the people they have on each week. Look, they, they've achieved the like the people they have on have achieved a huge amount, and that's not to take away from what they've achieved on the playing fields. But they rarely have anybody on that's achieved a huge amount from a coaching perspective. And I think that's probably where people get annoyed because that analysis that, they, that comes on that, uh, the, the analysis that comes on Sky Sports comes from fellas that have coached uh, teams to a particular point, whether bad or good or whatever, in terms of success. But on, on RT Sport, it's, it's a bit like the, their soccer coverage, where it's just pure opinion. And opinion then gets inflated, and once they see ratings, and once they see on social media, oh, I've annoyed that guy. That then it just keeps. It's just yeah. it's almost like a roller coaster that yeah. just doesn't stop. Yeah, but then Here's, I might just play that back next week and write that out again as a column. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it is. It's 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 it's. You know, I I think if you you would sit down honestly, Cahar, and, and ask most players. I would actually say tonight we we've probably we we've probably battered out more kind of stats and, and figures and and you, you know um, things that have actually happened um, over yes. the last number of weeks than than what you know RT were were able to you know project last weekend because you're right and we all have opinions but 
is there anybody you know behind the scenes, you know, doing any kind of stats, doing any analysis? Are the lads sitting drinking tea at halftime? You, you would really question what you know actually is going on, and, and ultimately it probably comes back to yes, a following. I, th- I think, albeit the following is probably maybe an older kind of, if, if you don't mind me kind of saying that as well, it's maybe based. You know, on on maybe the game of yesteryear in terms of getting away with you, you know, it's like things that annoy me when when you're playing and you're standing on the sideline and somebody shout, you know, drive on, drive drive what, drive drive it where, drive what are we talking about, drive on, you know, instead of being, um, I, I suppose, what, what's the 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 analytical? Ah, uh, it's it's just being constructive and saying saying yeah. you know the right things and. We we kind we're kind of living in the, in the dark ages in, in RT and then you, you switch over and you, you're right you see um, the names of maybe top coaches people who you know have, have gained a lot of admiration yes in the game as have those in, in RT as well but they're actually talking about the game and their knowledge of the game and imparting that and I'm sure Cahar you know you know you know every every type of, of analyst and and you know anyone from the media point of view you know i i, I pick up things and, and i'm like a sponge and, and i'm hoping to learn new things you know every time i go out or i see something on tv or i listen to somebody and trying to to, to learn something and, and you're learning from sky and i think that's the difference and you, you know you're, you're probably very, not very, they're very very good at that uh, one of the big things that they've done is the camera behind the goal which actually sort of already have, have slowly picked up on themselves yeah. as well and trying to trying to highlights because you, you pan the camera from behind the goal you can see the full span of the pitch you can see yeah, yeah. I, I remember one shot um the day Derry played to Rowan in, in Ulster and and I was watching the game back and and I think it was I think it was Danny Heaven scored a point for Derry and and Derry were probably chasing the game a wee bit at that stage and and on, on the camera shot as the ball went over the bar Derry had one player in their own half of the field yeah. And the other thirteen were were committed. One sorry, one defender, the goalkeeper, and the other thirteen were committed to their own half of the field. And Tyrone set the kick out down, took it quickly, and broke the entire length of the field and scored their third goal and killed the game. And and because you had that camera shot, you were able to yeah. see exactly yeah. where it went wrong. And you know, if you if you as you say, like you're always trying to. You're always trying to explain things to people in, in sort of in, in the media as well. You're always trying to sort of not just tell them what happened but why it happened. And and when you have access to camera angles like that there and, and I suppose when when you're talking about the likes of McGuinness and Canavan and James Horn and those Brilliant. lads within the sharp brains to, to look at the image and see well this is what happened. You know, it, it stands to sense that the, the analysis on on skate sports and the quality of the actual analysis is is, is head and shoulders above. I think that if 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 those lads were on had had those facilities at hand and were on TV three, which was free to air, and were up against RTE showing the yeah. same game. The viewing figures on TV three. <laughs> yeah, will, that's the big thing. The yeah, that's the massive yeah. thing. The massive thing for Sky Sports, and you can call it a disadvantage, but you know, in fact, it's a major advantage in terms of the pay per view, and they'll make money off it. But Sky Sports won't be as welcomed into Irish society because of that. You know, like RTE yeah. is our national broadcaster. You know, like it's that's that there stands a lot to a lot of you know, like as that means a lot to a lot of people. And you know, Ryan, like you're saying about the maybe. The ones who have been around in RT, it's the same with the it's the same with the 
the football, you know, with the likes of Eamon Dunphy and that there. You know, people enjoyed yeah. that there and that's what they were going there for. You know, it was the, yeah, it was yeah. to hear Eamon Dunphy get names wrong and like, you know, random things like <laughs> that there. Like that's the sort of thing people were enjoying. But whereas like, it, it, there's a com there is a comical kind of aspect to it, I suppose, as well. Yeah. And, um I, I know I know if you probably <laughs> My mum will not, not, not mind me mentioning her in this, but, you know, my, my mum would probably prefer RTE, whereas I'd prefer Sky. My, my mum's a big kind of footballer mum, and she'd be, she'd be sitting, and, you know, if if, if Joe Brawley or, or Pat's plan turned around and said that, that, that Black had, you know, suddenly turned white tomorrow morning, she she would agree, probably, you know, that's that's <laughs> kind of the, the, way, the way it is, and, and I just kind of, I'm, I'm scratching my head, but uh, even watching, you know, watching the gameplay, I know, um, I suppose from from chatting Peter and, and I would know Peter, um, look a, a long time as well, and, and you know they're they're always keen to, to kind of hear and, and they're very keen on, on social media. They're always ke- kind of keen to hear themselves as well, you know how how they want I suppose people to watch games and what they think you know is important, and they do sit down, take it take this into account and, and move forward. I suppose analysing you know what they're doing themselves as well and. You know, if you if you even watch RT at times, you know one of the, the the kind of biggest parts of our game now, and something that has evolved has been kickouts. And if you're watching games in RT, they show a clip after each score or maybe after each wide, and you don't actually see what happens in the next kickout. And and the game is nearly down in the final third of the opposing team's field, and then there's nearly another another chance, and you're sitting going, you know, what has happened from that two, three seconds of, of them, you know, replaying that image, whereas Sky will wait until there is kind of, a, a, I suppose, a longer break in play to kind of give you a, a screening or another screening of, of the score or miss or whatever the, the key stage in, in gameplay was. So it's it's simple simple things like that, you, you know, as, as a player, it's it's nice to kind of watch and, and see the game free-flowing, what it is, and, and as a full spectacle, more than anything else. Yeah, it's, you can see that, like, because the Sunday game, you know, the, uh, like, the highlight show, like, the analysis and that, I actually quite enjoy, like, I, I quite enjoy listening to the likes of Tommaso Shea and that there, I think, you know, but whereas, the, whereas during the programme, I'm not sure that there's as much yeah. room for it, really, like, you might, some people would argue that Sky Sports go to too much, you know, at half time and things like that there, I, I, I don't know about that, but, like, I don't know. I think RT are maybe trying to they're trying to cater to a certain thing. They think right, it's half time. We've got fifteen minutes. Uh, should we be getting the news there recently in Irish at half time as well? So uh, in RT one and that. So I don't know. I guess they're just thinking that they're trying to cater to the different. Uh, you know, like Sky Sports doesn't have a highlight show, so this is maybe they're trying to. You know, show show what they can offer in terms of that analysis. The same with the hurling likes of JJ Delaney and James O'Connor doing the exact same thing. I will. Well, Pierce is over there now, and Pat uh, Pierce. Yeah. Pierce, get 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 ITV sorted there. Can <laughs> uh, we get sorted for this podcast group? We we we'll get we we'll get going from there. You know. Yeah, I got my, I'll get on our own tactics board and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, just, just I, I think the GHG podcast. <laughs> we can use some of that grant money, uh, Ryan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear the I hear the mileage has went up. <laughs> I haven't got it. Yet. I haven't even got me. I haven't even got me mileage. You know, I'm actually was. You know, was, I was looking at actually. It was Kaharai tweet there. Was it the other day on on Tomas and and you know you know the the problems that that we we face as as a, a weaker county is not right Pierce. Well, where we're we're still just you know 
we've been out of the championship and, and lads are, are very dependent on, on you know lads put a lot of money into traveling up and down and commuting and they you know our expenses aren't up to date and it's it's something that that you know you're pulling your hair out every year you know with um and it's 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 the same problems that that are not being addressed and um, you can say yes by the voice you know of the gpa but um ultimately it's it, you know the ga have to have to be accountable as well and and you know blame has to has to kind of lay there um and, and it needs to be sorted it's not as if they're, they're not earning enough enough money each year you know that's you know, there's there's a there's a, a massive a massive gap, I believe, and and I, we we've talked about this before in previous podcasts as well, where you know that gap could, could be ever increasing unless there are a number of, of of big changes within our games over the next number of years, and and it's it's something that they, it needs to be addressed. Yeah, I definitely think that's a, that is a, that's going off on a whole other a whole other yeah. subject. Like, um, Cahar, before we go here, do you have anything you maybe wanna you wanna plug? I see you've had your your GPA. You take your own take on the GPA situation, the latest deal. <laughs> I was just, folks, I'm just coming at it from very very much from a, a club player's perspective, and and I, I just happen to know. The, the lad the reference for going away from from the sort of does the exact same actually longer travail than, than Tomas Corrigan would do and, and he's up the same two nights a week for for club training and uh, and it's just I suppose the fact that there's no there's nobody going to reimburse him there's nobody going to sort him out at the end of the year and you know you have lads all over the country sort of booking flights home every weekend for club games and. And it's not even a matter of reimbursing the individuals and sales because sometimes the clubs will do that, but then the clubs are out of pocket, and ultimately the clubs are the people. Like I, I come from a, a community of maybe a hundred and sixty people in total, like and and I suppose the only m- m- people input money into their club are those hundred and sixty people, and you know, I suppose you do things then, and I mean I would never take a penny out of the club because you feel they. You're taking money off your neighbours. Basically, that's that's where your income comes from. So, I just I just think that I think the GA could probably look at sorting its clubs out a bit better. Not so much the the playing individuals, but but giving a wee bit of financial relief to to the clubs. Um, I know our sales. We have to find nearly eight grand before we before we kick a ball every year. Um, for fees rates. Paying referees, paying uh, liability insurance, all the rest of that, and then you have your cost, your balls, hurdles, whatever you, you whatever you have. It's an expensive business. Cost twenty or thirty grand to run a very small junior club for a year, um, and there's absolutely zero. I mean, I've been involved in a club money for maybe ten or eleven years, and there's absolutely zero financial support from anywhere outside of of your own club. So. That's the bit that really frustrates me. That's uh, say the, the the money. There's an absolute ball. Eighteen point six million euro uh, minimum. Eighteen point six million euro been handed out over three years and t- to the GP and no, not all of that going directly to the players. In fact, probably I think about a third of that maybe going directly to the players. But but it's still a big sum of money and it. I just think it could maybe there's there there's sums of that money and chunks of that money that could be spent elsewhere. Yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like you've seen people talk about you know a, cl- a club players association, but I think that would be very difficult to. God, luck you're on it. Yeah, exactly. Like it would be very difficult to be, uh, to be, uh, to look after. But I don't know. But yeah, we'll maybe get another discussion on that there another night anyway. But uh, sure, we'll wrap up there. Kahar uh, Pierce, Ryan, thanks very much for joining me. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where you get asked to rate and review us on iTunes. So <laughs> go ahead and do that there for us. And yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Tell you what they've achieved. They've achieved something absolutely rotten. And uh, Kieran McGinley as a player was, you know, a, a phenomenal player, and he didn't cry and he didn't whinge, you know. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. But I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. Remember that tribe in in, in Iraq, the Shiite tribe. Well, we've watched Shiite football. People think I'm a bit of a, a lunatic, loose cannon, whatever you'd like there. Uh, see ya. Shamus! Come on! Move! Move! Taking off my ring now, I walk on through the door And every little lady shaking on the dance floor Laughing to my friends, loosen up my tie I'm a getting old, a casting over one thing on my mind